Welcome to the first episode of The Policy Shop, weekly conversations with public policy experts where we'll dive into the most important issues affecting all of us here in Illinois. I'm Hillary Gowans. Let's get started. Joining me today is Adam Schuster, our Senior Director of Budget and Tax Research. Today we're going to be talking about voter suppression. Adam, that phrase means different things to different people. What do you think about when you hear voter suppression and how do you describe the problem here in Illinois? When I think about voter suppression, I think of any actions taken, especially by government officials, that discourage people from showing up or limit the meaning of their vote if they do show up. You know, we often hear about hard forms of voter suppression. You know, an example would be, you know, Jim Crow laws back in the day, literally preventing people from voting. Uh, In Illinois, it's not quite as direct as that. But we do have a major problem with voter suppression that stems from our gerrymandered maps. Uh, And the reason for that is when we draw maps so that politicians are picking their voters rather than allowing voters to pick their politicians, we sort of upend the democratic process. It discourages people from showing up to vote and it takes away the meaning of their choice, the meaning of their vote when they do show up. All right, Adam. So help us understand something. We use this term gerrymandered a lot. What is the difference between a gerrymandered map and an independently drawn map? So an independently drawn map uh, typically means that there's a, a commission separate from the state legislature that draws maps without political considerations, or it's intended to be without political considerations. And uh, it's about half the states have laws in the books for independent maps of some kind. Uh, There's a wide variation in what those laws are, kind of what the makeup of the commission is and the types of considerations they have to use. But generally it would be, you know, something like uh, nonpartisan people being appointed to a commission or, you know, uh, equal parts Democrats and Republicans appointed to a commission. Uh, And again, they're looking to draw, you know, districts that are reasonably shaped, right, that keep communities together uh, and that don't favor one political party over the other. Uh, The opposite of that is gerrymandering the maps, which means that politicians in the state legislature sit down. In Illinois, they literally sit down behind a closed door room where they won't let any uh, reporters in or people from the other party or watchdog groups. And they uh, play with the computer data to figure out how can we protect our incumbents, meaning put a bunch of people we think are Democratic voters in one district, and how can we make life harder for our political opponents? So splitting up their districts, giving them voters that they expect won't vote for them. So the goal of gerrymandering is to rig elections. It is explicitly, they're trying to rig elections by drawing boundaries that favor them. Who draws the maps in Illinois right now? In Illinois right now, the maps are drawn by state politicians, by members of the Illinois General Assembly. Um, Mike Madigan uh, no longer does, but drew, drew the last map and you know the, the several maps before that. Uh, Mike Madigan sort of actually got his start in Illinois politics and and rose to prominence because he was so good at rigging elections against the interest of the public. And how do we decide who draws the maps, I guess? In the state constitution, there's a a procedure, um, and then it's also governed by state law. But you could pass either a state law or a constitutional amendment, which would have sort of more permanence, to change how the map drawing process works. 
I want to back up a little bit and provide some context for our listeners. So voter suppression became a hot topic this summer, right? Um, And our governor, J.B. Pritzker, ended up signing some bills that he says will actually alleviate the problem in Illinois. So those bills make voting more accessible. So what does he do? He makes Election Day a state holiday in 2022, and he expanded curbside and mail-in voting. So that's different from what you're talking about. Why isn't that enough? Well, the result of our gerrymandered maps was that over the last 10 years, the last uh, map, uh, legislative map, uh, there was five general elections. So of those five cycles, on average, about half of the campaigns or the uh, the races for House of Representatives, Illinois House of Representatives, were uncontested. Or in other words, there was only one candidate on the ballot in almost half of the races. And when there's only one candidate on the ballot, a lot of people don't see their policy preferences represented on the ballot, and uh, they feel like it's not meaningful. They don't really have a choice, and so it discourages them from showing up. And what our research shows is that on average, when you only have one candidate, voter turnout is about seven percentage points lower in those areas. So this is this is voter suppression because people aren't turning out, but it's also voter suppression even if those people do turn out, right? Because if you can mail in your ballot or go drop it off at a Dropbox more easily, uh, that doesn't really mean anything if you don't have two choices, right? So participation without choice isn't really democracy. Right. It's as if there were no election for that race. Yeah, exactly. You you don't have a choice. Um, there There is really no election. Whoever the one person on the ballot is, is going to be uh, the elected representative uh, for that district. And so um, how do you hold that person accountable for the decisions they make when they get to Springfield? So policy decisions, but not only policy decisions, what if they behave badly, right? What if they're someone who, who uh, for personal reasons or, or corruption reasons, isn't someone you think represents your district? You have no option, and th- this is not representation. That's the thing that I keep going back to when we talk about this issue of voter suppression and the research that you and Orfe conducted in general. It's like voting politicians out of office is our only mechanism for political accountability. And so if what you're saying is that, you know, half of Illinois voters don't have an option in so many of these races, there is no mechanism for accountability. Does that help explain why things never change here? Yeah, it explains uh, why things never change. And it explains why Illinois is one of or the most corrupt states in the nation when you look at public corruption convictions, uh, people's opinions about how corrupt their politicians are. Uh, on both of those measurements, we rank uh, highest or among the highest in terms of public corruption. And it, you're right, it's because we've broken the fundamental mechanism of representative government, which is that uh, if your elected official doesn't do what you want, doesn't do what the people in the district writ large want, you can fire them. And if you can't fire them, um, you know, the whole system is broken. And, you know, research backs this up. Research shows that when you have uncompetitive elections, uh, the power of lobbyists goes up because that's who the politicians listen to. That's who's funding their campaign. And they don't have to listen to the people. And corruption goes up. There was a, a study that looked at municipal elections, so city elections in Greece. In Greece, uh, if you want to submit some spending, you want you want authorization to spend money as like a, a, the equivalent of a mayor, you have to submit it to this court. And it's because they have this these longstanding problems with corruption and they sort of do an audit. Uh, and what the researchers did is they looked at those audits and found out how many were rejected 
because the person was, uh, you know, trying to give out a bid without, you know, going through the proper procedures, competitively bidding, or they were trying to hire somebody who is a friend or a family member. The same types of corruption we we see in Illinois. You know, you could call Illinois sort of little Greece. But what you see is that in races where the election was contested there were fewer audits rejected. In other words, there was less bad behavior. Um, so there's actually you know, statistical research showing that uh, uncompetitive elections lead to influence for lobbyists and more corruption. Not to mention, so you're talking about uh, having influence over politicians. I mean, we also have politicians here who hold office for decades. So it becomes a really entrenched system. I would imagine. That, that's exactly right. You know, uh, people who aren't a fan of term limits often say we don't need term limits if we have competitive elections. Well, in Illinois, we don't have either, right? So we have no limits on the term that a lawmaker can serve. And if voters don't have the ability to get them out some other way, uh, that's when you end up with a Mike Madigan character who's in there for 36 years and completely dominates the state and, you know, kind of runs its finances into the toilet. It's an interesting problem, too, because, y- you know, the longer that people hold office, the longer they're in power, the more power they get, and the harder it is to, number one, find another person to run against them, and number two, to to beat them, to oust them. So talk to me about that. I mean, do you see that it's a challenge to even get people to throw their name in the hat? Yes, and they do that on purpose, right? You know, one of the reasons that they do the gerrymandering is to discourage strong challengers. It's a way of protecting incumbents. And when you have a one-party state, you know, like Illinois, where one party has been dominant for so long and you're protecting incumbents, what you're really doing is protecting the status quo. You're preventing voters from using the mechanisms of democracy to change their state government. So talk to us a little bit about who gets hurt the most when this is the system we have in place? Well, in Illinois, it's pretty clear um, who's benefiting from this legalized corruption, I would call it, and who's being hurt. And you know, the, the easiest way to figure that out is to look at how the state spends its money, right? It's often said that public budgets are statements of our priorities, and it's dollars and cents. You can't, you can't lie about it. It's, it's clear for everybody uh, who's winning and who's losing. And over the past 20 years, over which time we've had you know, uncompetitive elections, gerrymandered maps, spending on the state's public pension system is up more than 533%. Now, at the same time, spending on a range of core government services for the poor and vulnerable, for you know, disabled people, college students, you know, people who, who are economically disadvantaged, spending on that whole range of core government services is down by about 15%. And so what does this tell us? It tells us that services used by regular people are not being prioritized and spending for very generous, very inflated pension benefits that are much better than what people can expect in the private sector are being prioritized. Why? Well, again, uncompetitive elections increase the influence of lobbyists. And in the state of Illinois, I mean, I was going to say perhaps, but the strongest lobbyists uh, belong to public sector unions. And so they lobby for increased spending on pension benefits, and they block any attempt to make the system more reasonable or sustainable uh, for for taxpayers. And, uh, you know, as a result, you get the worst credit rating in the nation and 10 years of consistent outmigration of people fleeing to states that respect them more. So I think a lot of people hear us talk about these problems and they just put their head down and they think, this is so bad, I can't even wrap my head around the problem, let alone how we fix it. 
Do you feel that way? No, because uh, the politicians ruin the state. Um, we shouldn't have to suffer. We shouldn't have to leave. I love Illinois, and I know many other people do too. And if we do that, we're giving them what they want, right? If we throw our hands up and say, I can't change this, why show up and vote, why get involved, why pay attention, then they've won and you've quit. Uh, you know, the, the right way to respond to this is to fight back and to, you know, fix these problems, right? To, to encourage people to run for office regardless of how politicians draw the map, to let them know, to send a signal to them that they're not going to get away with it, that they cannot, you know, break the representative process or, you know, break down um, the accountability mechanism for, for our politicians. Um, and people are going to be there and fight them no matter what they do. And that's the only way we can change it. That response is why I love working with you because you're someone who sits knee deep in these problems every day. I mean, I find you and you're on your laptop, you're looking at budgets from who knows what village or you know, looking at state comptroller reports. You're in this every day, you see firsthand how bad it is and how big the problems are, but you aren't giving up and you're coming up with solutions. And I think that you have been working on a really interesting solution to actually fix the problem and make this voter suppression issue something that we can overcome. Talk to me about the creative way that you are working on fixing this issue of uncontested elections. Well, what, what we're doing is very simple. We're trying to find good people to run for office, break down the barriers to entry to make it easy for them to get in the ballot so that there is true choice and competition everywhere in the state of Illinois. That's the goal. The easiest way to, to have solved this problem would have been uh, to end gerrymandering, to, to push for independent maps. And, you know, we can get into that. And unfortunately, the governor broke a promise that he repeatedly made to push for independent maps, and he signed gerrymandered maps. But again, we don't have to throw up our hands. We don't have to let the politicians win. You know, they've rigged the deck against us, against the people. But what the people can do is, you know, show up anyway, right? Doesn't matter if it's an uphill battle, uh, show up to fight, right? And if people do that at a large enough scale, then we could change the whole landscape here and, you know, start seeing real meaningful differences in policy and, and outcomes for, for people who live here. So does, it, does that mean getting involved in politics? Is that what you're saying? We don't get involved in politics. The Illinois Policy Institute's nonpartisan. We don't do electioneering. Um, we're recruiting Democrats, independents, Republicans, anybody who's willing to step up and challenge someone who hasn't been challenged. All we're looking for is good people who you know want to solve problems, who are looking to to be honest and you know serve honorably once they get into office. Um, and you know we're just helping them get into the ballot. We're not running campaigns here. This is about making sure people have choice despite the efforts of our politicians to take it away from them. I think that's one of the things we need to collectively get over as a society is this idea of the red team and the blue team picking a label, picking a side, because I would imagine you would happily vote for a Green Party member or a Democrat or he or she to support good taxpayer-focused policies. Yes, what you know, what matters in Illinois in particular um, is not what letter you put next to your name or what team colors you wear. It's the ideas you believe in, the policies you fight for, and specifically, are you okay with the status quo 
or are you looking to change it? Are you a reformer? And, and that question is the most important question when we're evaluating any elected official, because the status quo here is failing, right? We've had decades of tax hikes, tax hike after tax hike, the money not going where it's supposed to go, going towards debt and pensions, and still our financial holes get deeper and deeper every year. So, you know, this is failing. Um, you know, we have a weak, lagging economy. People aren't able to find opportunity here, and it's why they're fleeing Illinois at, at rates not seen just about anywhere else. So, yes. So you're saying stay and fight. We're going to help you fix this. Exactly. All right. Well, Adam, thank you so much for your time and sharing your perspective on this issue. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. To keep up with all of our work at the Illinois Policy Institute and to sign up for our newsletter, visit IllinoisPolicy.org. If you like what you heard today, subscribe and give us a five-star review. We'll see you next week for another episode of the policy shop.